This podcast episode is being sponsored in memory of Ed Markovitz, Elio ben Yitzchak Meir Halevi, beloved husband and father for his second yard site on Lambit Tishrei. To sponsor an episode of the podcast or for any questions or comments, please email me sfarmchatter at gmail.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Sfarm Chatter podcast. On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be joined by Alexander Hul, and we'll be discussing his new book, uh, the Desert Encampments from Sinai to the Holy Land, published by Mosaic Press, about the Masois of the Bnei Israel. Um, uh, previously, we did a podcast together about his book on uh, Pharaoh, on who the biblical uh, Pharaoh is, Pare is. And uh, this book is, like I said, on the Masois. And it, it kind of also comes a little bit after one of his previous books, which is Searching for Sinai, the location of Revelation, about where Harsinai is. So we'll get into that a little bit as well. So thank you, Rabbi Hul, for joining me once again. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a great pleasure to be able to have to uh, be able to speak on your podcast. Thank you. So let's let's uh, let's let's start off. I think uh, at this one just to start. Off, I mean, why a book on the Masoyas? I mean, why people maybe I mean they hope they are familiar with them from they probably are from the from the Torah where it says the different uh, travels, different places they stopped off. But why why is that something you decided to research and to write a book on? Well, um, I suppose I got into it uh, originally because of the first book of the Sinai book. Uh, I was uh, involved actually in at, at the time of um, working about the borders of Eretz Yisrael, and it was relevant uh, the the actual location of Kodesh Barnea, which appears as one of the borders of Eretz Yisrael on the southern border. And at that time, I was introduced to um, the book Riddle of, of the Exodus by uh, Jim Long, James D. Long, who wrote an appendix about Sinai, about the various suggestions where Har Sinai was. Now, Har Sinai has reference to Kodesh Barnea, so I thought that if we would know where Har Sinai was, then that might help us uh, get a, a direct location for uh, a bearing on, on, on Kodesh Barnea. So I went into the subject of where Har Sinai was. Uh, and basically following the footsteps of Klal Yisrael from Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim to Har Sinai um, is really a, 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 is a, whole, a whole study altogether, and therefore it turned into a book. Following um, the conclusions of Har Sinai, the natural step then was to follow on further and try and locate um, the various... Um, uh, stations and encampments that Claudia Soil um, went from Har Sinai heading towards Eretz Yisrael and then the 40 years um, in the Midbar. Um, it was rather a daunting task because so many encampments and with seemingly so little uh, information, geographical information which we have, which we might be able to um, identify the places and the locations, but I was pleasantly surprised that um, there are a number of cryptic clues in the Torah and um, guided by detailed mapping of today and satellite imagery um, allows us to pinpoint uh, one by one all the different locations. And we also aided by the names um, which happen to be um, Arabic names, which is the quite remarkable phenomena 
which we discovered in the, in the study of the first book, that names have stuck and remained for thousands of years. Now, we haven't based our locations on the names themselves because place names can change and can move around. But when we find harmony with the indication of the psukim and we find harmony with the place names at that location, that presents um, very strong support. Uh, that we have identified in the true location of the of of, of the of the Masoyes. and of course um, there are threefold uh, gains in the study of the Masoyes of Bnei Yisrael. Firstly um, and foremostly, um, it's Limud Torah. It, the Torah goes into great detail in explaining the various encampments and what went on during that time. So anyone who is studying um, the, the encampments of Kalad Yisrael, the Masoyos of Bnei Yisrael, is actually learning Torah. Um, furthermore, um, we are connecting up with our history, a crucial period of our history, the history of the Dorodeo, the Makabli HaTorah, and um, going into the detail of the exact encampments and guided by um, technology which we have today, the detailed mapping and satellite imagery which we have, allows us to relive um, that period of history. And when we relive that period of history, we then we are connecting um, to the, that, that, that situation, the, the, the Muhammad of Harsinai, we are connecting with the Dordea, and that is surely spiritually uplifting and enthralling. And thirdly, um, there is, um, I think in this day and age, the importance to demonstrate to the world the authenticity of the Torah and the Divrei Chazal. In our day and age, um, the secular world have challenged um, the authenticity of the Torah based on archaeological discoveries which do not fit with their chronological scheme which they have set up, which would um, um, accommodate the, the, the Sipurim of what's written in the Torah. And instead of taking the obvious conclusion that their chronological scheme must be an error, uh, they wish to challenge the authenticity of the Torah. And therefore, to demonstrate the accuracy um, that every single location which was written in the Torah, we can see it in our own eyes, um, even the exact measurements, that all brings to demonstrate um, the impeccability of the accuracy of the Torah and the Divrei Chazal. Now, I think to start off, regarding the actual dis discussion of the new book, I think we as you alluded to, we mentioned we should really pull back a little bit to the Searching for Sinai and the conclusion that you have there. Uh, that was published in 2018 um, by Mosaic Press as well. And I think I think it's um, relevant, I guess, to point out where, where you concluded. So I guess talk a little bit, obviously not going in podcast all on that book, but talk a little bit about you know where you concluded that uh, Harsinai is. And um, from there, we'll go on to the new book on the Masais. Right. Well, um, to make it uh, simple, actually, uh, there, are there are various independent ways of arriving at the location for Har Sinai. Um, a, a simple way is actually from the Torah itself, from the indication, um, three indicators uh, from the Torah. The Torah tells us 
that when Claudia Israel left Har Sinai, um, after receiving the Torah and staying there for a year, on their way to Eretz Yisrael, they headed um, firstly towards Kodesh Barnea. At the same time, the, the, the Torah also tells us that they were heading towards Har Mori, which we know is on the southern border, the southern east border of Eretz Yisrael, on, just on the corner of uh, the Dead Sea. And um, thirdly, we know from the Torah, the Torah tells us that they traversed the whole of the wilderness. Now, with these three pieces of information, we can actually locate the precise area where Hasina should be. Because if Claudia Shoal were heading towards Haremuri and at the same time also heading towards Kodesh Banea, it must be that Kodesh Banea and Haremuri lie on a straight line. And uh, uh, an extrapolation of that line was where Harsinai was. And therefore, when they left Harsinai, heading towards Kodesh Barnea, they would also be heading towards um, Haremori at the same time. We actually happen to know where Kodesh Barnea is because um, we're told in Bamidbar that Kodesh Barnea was the, um, the place where Tal Yisrael were asked Edom. It was on the southern west corner of Edom where they asked Edom to uh, pass through their land in order to get to Eretz Yisrael. And uh, we know that Edom um, was the, the, the it was Harseye, which is the Reches of mountains, uh, the, as, as the mountainous region from the Dead Sea, stretching all the way down south to Eilat. And, and that's where the, 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 the bottom of uh, Seir lies. And that's where the southern west corner of Seir lies, and therefore Kodesh Baner should be there. So we know where Kodesh Barnea is, we know where Haremori is, and therefore the extrapolated line from Haremori going down to Kodesh Barnea and traversing the whole of the wilderness from that third indicator, the Torah, should lead us to Harasina. Well, um, believe it or not, this, if we take that extrapolated line from Haremori and go um, passing through Kodesh Barnea on the, next to Eilat on the southern west corner of Seir and continue down uh, the, to, the, to the other side of the Arabian uh, desert, we come to a place which is um, amazing. It's actually called today Horeba, uh, Chorev. And uh, next to it is a small, unassuming mountain called Jebel Chareb, Jebel is, is the Arabic word for mountain, Har, and Harib is Chorev. So Har Chorev, we know the Torah refers to Har Sinai as Har Chorev, in a place called Chorev. So we have arrived um, through the three indicators of the Torah to a place where it's actually called still today Chorev and a mountain, uh, which is called today Har Chorev. We measured the dimensions of the mountain. According to the measures, it's 500 amas. It's precisely 500 amas. Um, it had to be big enough, a diameter, in order to, um, to be able to collapse on the, on the heads of Klal Yisrael, because we know we Chazal tell us that Kofalem Hagigis, HaKadosh Baruch lifted up the mountain over the heads of Bnei Yisrael and, and told them that they had to receive the Torah, to be makabel on themselves the Torah, otherwise... Um, that the mountain would collapse on top of them. So therefore, the diameter of the mountain must have been enough to cover the whole diameter of Machane Yisrael, which was 12 mil. The mountain does cover that, 12 mil. Um, we also made various mathematical 
uh, measurements given by Chazal and hinted in the Psukim from Chorev to Kodesh Parnea, from Chorev to Haremuri, they all fit in. So we seem to have uh, found the precise location of Harsina. Uh, various other methods we, uh, we, 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 we discussed in, in, in the site. And, and that basically brought us to uh, the, the beginning of um, the voyages of Kali Yisrael um, from Har Sinai um, through to Eretz Yisrael and then on to their journey in the Midbar. Okay, so start off from there. And you can, yeah, I don't know, I guess we can take this to, we can start off with talking about the Masoyes, where maybe discuss where in the book where you came out, where the Masoyes, where they went. And we'll also discuss, I mean, what each entry, what you do about each entry, uh, you know, with pictures and what you discuss in each one. And do you discuss what happened in the place? But let's first start, I think, just, you know, the Masoyes, where you lay out in, in the book, where they, you know, we can't go through all of them, but just to, and if you want to pick out a few of them or just to give a, however you want to approach it, just as we work through from Harsinai on the Masoyes on the way to Aristotle. So basically, um, they went, we know from the Torah that they went at a very fast pace at the beginning um, from Harsinai. In fact, within three days, uh, just three days journey, they already were on um, right by the outskirts of Harahe Mori. Um, and again, the three days journey, we know exactly the speed and the distance of um, normally um, someone would walk in that time. And uh, it actually matches to be able to get to three days journey to um, Harhoi which is on the corner of the Dead Sea. Um, the various locations um, to get there um, are also indicated, um, again, by um, names which are still remain today. Hatseros, for example, um, just by the Dead Sea, which uh, was, there's a place, uh, a river called the River Hatsera, and there's a place called Khatsera. And therefore, it would seem to be that's the reason why the place is called Khatsera is because of the two together, the river and the, the name of the place. Again, um, that's right next to Kodesh Barnea. It's a different Kodesh Barnea, which was on the southwest corner of Edom. This was the Kodesh Barnea on the border of Eretz Yisrael, on the, on where, where they sent out the Meraglim, just by the Dead Sea. Um, we were told um, in Parshas Masi that it was Rismo, and again, we find a place called Rosim just next to Chatseros. So that's all very simple. Um, at the journey to Kodesh uh, Barnea, to Rosim, to Rismo on the corner of the Dead Sea. Then, Kali um, there we had this, the, 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 the sin of the Meraglim, the Chet of the Meraglim, and Kali Yisrael were destined, uh, decreed upon to go into Golos for. Um, 38 years. We are told that um, they were 19 years in Kodesh, where they did Shuva. Now here, there's already um, a discrepancy, because in one place, the Torah, we're told that Moshe Rabbeinu said that they had to, they were instructed to leave Kodesh by now, um, the very next day. Uh, and another place, Chazal tell us that they stayed in Kodesh for 19 years as indicated in the Torah. Uh, another place also the Torah says that from Kodesh Barnea until they traveled Nachal Zor was 38 years. So how could it possibly be they stayed there for 19 years? So that was the first um, problem which we were confronted with. And we discovered that there was actually um, a hidden Kodesh Barnea. 
Um, if you actually look through um, the Masoris of Bnei Yisrael, we know there were 42 Masoris. We're told there were 42 Masoris of Chazal. But if you count up the Masoris mentioned in Pasha's Masay, you will find there's one missing. There's actually only 41 mentioned. And this evidently, uh, Seder Olam is referring to it as Kodesh Barnea. It was the Kodesh Barnea, hidden journey to Kodesh Barnea. It was actually what happened was that they did leave straight away the first Kodesh Barnea, the Kodesh Barnea where the sin of the Muraglim was, which was on um, the southern corner of Eretz Yisrael by the Dead Sea. And they went to another Kodesh Barnea, the Kodesh Barnea, which we talked about before, on the southwest corner of Edom. And there they stayed for 19 years. So 19 years of the Golas was actually uh, next to Eilat. Then Klal Yisrael um, went on um, the next step of their journey, and we found that the next, the, 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 the next um, a number of encampments through to the end of the Golas was actually split into four separate phases. The first phase um, finished it very much so that they actually came back to Har Sinai. Um, there they were meant to um, actually complete the transferring of um, authority from the Levim, from the Bechorahs to the Levim. And the Maisa of Korah um, actually um, According to one, according to one version of Chazal, uh, one one opinion of Chazal, and it seems to be from the map details which we have, it seems to be very strongly supported by the names as well of the Arabic names. That this is where the the Korach, uh, conflagration took place, and then they went on to uh, the next stage of the Golas, which was actually to go back to the various places where they had sinned, evidently to do tshuva there and atone for the sin at the various places. That was the second step. The second stage, the third stage, um, they actually um, seemed to be very, very, very close places. It was, uh, it was seemed to be connected with the sin of Salofchod, the, the sin of the, of the, of the Chilul Shabbos, which took place there. That was seemed to be the focus of the third um the, the third um, phase of the Golas. And finally, the last phase of the Golas was to get ready to go into Eretz Yisrael. And uh, a few final things had to be done before they went into Eretz Yisrael. One of the amazing things I found um, was that although Klal Yisrael went through, uh, as we know, 42 encampments, but um, the actual period of wandering was not just um, cut in half from 38 to 19 years, uh, it was actually cut um, completely into um, basically a number of months because um, the, the other phases were, were very, very quick, very, very short-lived, and the Lyot Vosa was uh, right next to Kodesh Barnea, in fact, and that's where they resigned for another almost 19 years. So basically, Klal Yisrael were in one place throughout the whole of the uh, period in the Midbar, Yot Vosa, Kadesh Banea. And this is what the Torah tells us, where he says, Yot Vosa was Eretz Nachale Moin. The Torah is Madgish, the place where they stayed for almost all of the 38 years, was actually a place 
with wondrous place of Eretz Nachalimayim, a place of luxurious waters, a place of trees, a place of uh, of comfortable, uh, comfortability, um, and very, very lax for Klal Yisrael. This is how Kodesh Baruch Hu um, softened for Klal Yisrael uh, the goals which was which was decreed upon them. And that's something that you came up with? That's your uh, Chiddush? Or that's, where do you, do you get that from? And basically by following the, um, the, the locations uh, and the indication of the Besukim, um, it's all it's sort of um, it develops uh, by itself. Uh, and these are the, seem to be the, the, the conclusions to be drawn from the information which uh, we have gleaned together. Now, what other are there any in, in are there any in the book? Are there any of the specific masoyes that you would say that, like you're saying, that you were able to come up with as a discovery, so to speak, as a chiddush that you that wasn't known to be before? Um, I think um, there are a number of a number of places, locations with the information which we have today um, shed so much light. On, on the location and actually the uh, the travels, the actual positioning and the order of the journeys. I think Kodesh Barnea is quite crucial. Um, various pla- places in the Torah, the Torah seems to um, try and cover up on the identity of where Kodesh Barnea is and in fact, that even the journey, there was several journeys to Kodesh Barnea where the Torah does not specifically say, but hints to very clearly uh, where it is. And it seems to be again and again and again, the Torah seems to be um, covering over um, the actual location of, of Kodesh Barnea. And we, we, we discovered that that at this place, Kodesh Barnea, evidently was the place where the the Dorodeo were actually buried. They weren't dispersed throughout the whole of the Midbar, Midbar Koronamid. They were actually all buried in one particular place, and it evidently was Kodesh Barnea. And that perhaps was the reason why the Torah has has tried to... um, um, try to to not make it so simple to be able to get there over the generations. So so it shouldn't be uh, that the kfarim shouldn't be in the, in the as the ages in the coming ages. If everyone knew where the dirt there was in the last three thousand years, then that could be bring about desecration. But evidently now, where um, the information has come to light, which seems to point to the the places where the, the graves are. Um, it seems to be we must be close to the, the revelation of the final redemption, and therefore um, there's no necessity to to cover that over anymore. That is one uh, finding which we had. Another uh, another question, which a number of questions which um, we were we were we were confronted with throughout our journey through the, the encampments. Um, I found very interesting the the, the festival, the, the Yom Tov of Tuba of. What was so significant about the Tubal, um, with again, once again, knowing the location of where Kodesh Barnea is, knowing the location of when they were actually um, 
the, 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 the people, there were tens of thousands of people who thought they were going to die, and they were, they were left by the rest of Klal Yisrael and, um, to die in their graves. And a few days later, it was the Tesvov Ba'ov, where actually they were reunited, and that's why it took so long. Um, it, to the test Ba'ov is when they were actually reunited, and one can just imagine coming over the horizon, Yisrael looking out and seeing tens of thousands of their brothers, their fathers, their cousins coming literally back to life, and that was such an exhilarating experience. Um, one can't just imagine what that could have been like, uh, and that is really what's behind. Uh, the 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 of but again one needs to be able to see the locations of where they were and where they travelled and order to be able to get out that information from the divrei chazal. Um, any other places? Um, other other found there was a, also there's a, a slight the order of um, how they went around Edom was also quite crucial. The Torah goes into very uh, very very minute detail how they journeyed around Edom. And without having the geographical information which we have today, um, the, 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 the way the Pesukim can be read is one way, but with the, the information which we have, the Pesukim can be read another way. And this sheds much light on the actual journey of Kalishrol around Edom and to the various locations there. Again, once again, all supported as well by the names uh, which we have found at the various sites. You mentioned Kaddish Barnea up there, but I do want to mention that your final appendix D is the name Kaddish Barnea. So there is a part in here discussing Kaddish Barnea as well. Um, so something about the, the actual structure, like I said, we mentioned a fair number of the Masoyas, we're not going to go through all the Masoyas, but in, in, the, uh, in the book, you do go through the, the, the Masoyas and then the incidents that happened in them as well, right? So there is discussion not only on the actual Masoyas, there is discussion on the on the things in the place. So you have the, when Miriam was, was Nefteris, and then you have the, the, the well of Miriam, and then you go through May Mariva. And there's, there's various, I don't know if you want to talk about that, why, how, why you, you know, chose to discuss and why you discuss each of those specific or other ones that you discuss, not only the actual, you know, it's not only a book of only actual, you know, location of where is this in this geographical place, there's more in there as well. That's right, because um, knowing the location um is really a stepping stone to understand uh, fully the episodes that took place and the events that took place and the trial and tribu- trials and tribulations tribulations that Claudius uh, endured, and um, it's quite amazing um, that uh, new light is shed uh, on the actual events that took place. Um, now, I was very surprised to find um, that there. That actually seems to be uh, another indication, another opinion in Chazal, that the well of Miriam was actually only given to Klal Yisrael at the end of the Midbar. The Ramban talks about that, and he brings various um, indications such the case. I actually recently found a Zoya which says that, that um, the well of Miriam was actually separate to the, the, the water which was spread out from the rock at, at Chorev is actually the water in the rock from Chorev actually came out from the rock of Harasina itself, whereas the well of Miriam came at the end of the Midbar. Now, a central question to be asked, which was actually asked by uh, the Mephorshim themselves, um, how could it be 
if the well of Miriam was only given at the end of the Midbar, so how did Klalisol survive um, all those years without water? So one, this, 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 this obviously, obviously uh, was important to be able for, for, for us to ascertain the true locations of uh, the destinations and the stations, whether that would be able to be plausible. And we found that yes, um, in every place they they were that they were they were actually had ample resources of water. So in fact, throughout the forty years, there was no necessity for water. So it's a very strong support for that view um, of Kazal. That again, that also leads to understanding the Chet of Meimariva. If the well of Miriam was only given to Klalisol at the time of Meimariva, so um, that will shed light on on the actual sin, which is um, uh, really very difficult to understand. The Sukkim are very um, seemingly obscure to actually pinpoint the actual Chet of uh, Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, Hakoim. And with this knowledge um, and this information, we actually guided to understand the events of uh, the sin of May Mariva. So again, the locations, this is just one example where the locations actually um, give to us new information which helps us understand um, the, the actual story. Again, another example is the event of Korah. By um, knowing when the period of Korah took place, we can try and understand what started it off, what happened, why, what, what, what ignited uh, the Korah conflagration. Now, when we know when that took place, uh, where that took place, um, we are uh, given uh, ample opportunity to try and understand um, what, what, what happened there. So, again, yes, time and time again, when we discover the location of the place, this has led automatically to a new insight into the various um, events that took place in those locations. I just want to point out something I mentioned earlier that we'll discuss was just, just to mention how each chapter that the one that talks about a massive works, it, it gives the you know it gives the name of the location, encampment number, and then you go, it says, you know, biblical reference, it tells you where it is in the Torah, timeline, it's what number year it was from Mitzvah Mitzrayim, and then the journey, it says where they're leaving, where they're traveling to, and then you discuss the event, the location of where it was, etc. And there's, you know, full, obviously the, the book is complete with uh, many, many, um, maps, colored uh, maps where things were. There also are some Google Earth uh, imagery as well. Like you said, there is satellite imagery in the book as well. Um, there's a lot of that also. So I wanted to mention that as well. Um, another another thing I will mention, because after we did the podcast in the last book, people mentioned that they, at least some, that they bought the book. They're interested in it. Something unique about the book, I don't know if you mentioned that, your book employs side notes. So not footnotes and not end notes. Interestingly, it employs uh, side notes on the side of the text rather than on the bottom of the back. And people told me that they like that. So I just wanted to point that out. Right, yeah, actually, that was um, um, a gimmick of the, the publisher suggested that, as he said, that's, uh, uh, that should be done. It's a, it's a gimmick, he said, but that will draw attention to, to people and uh, people will like that. And yes, it seems to have been uh, uh, well, 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 well thought of. Um, which what would you say are the primary sources, the main that you used for this book uh, to to discuss all the masayos um, to go through them? Well, primarily the Torah. The Torah um, the Torah talks about the masayos in three sedorim in 
in Shemois, in Bamidbo, in Devore as well. And the, the, the Torah is very, very cryptically worded. And there's so much information which can be gleaned from between the words of the Psukim, how the uh, Prophet refers to it. Sometimes the Prophet refers to it on the place differently. Everything has meaning behind it. When you have in front of you um, geographical information, when you have detailed mapping, when you have satellite imagery, that helps you um, understand and zoom in on the meaning, on the literal meaning of the verses, the hidden meaning, uh, the cryptic meaning of the verses. And it's quite amazing how after 3,000 years, the Torah alone gives us enough information to be able to locate uh, this very day every one, every single one of the locations. Again, once again, we also uh, we were guided by the Divrei Chazal, of course, um, information from the Masorah of Kral Yisrael, crucial information, um, which tells us um, about the events. In fact, we can glean geographical information from the Masorah, which we have the Divrei Chazal, in passing comments, which Chazal say, everything they say is extremely accurate. Um, the measurements um, are precise and they can give us a bearing on the locations and the events of, of what happened. So it's basically the Torah, the Divrei Chazal, and the maps, the names obviously, which help us when they support our conclusions and uh, satellite imagery. So, okay, so like I said, anyone interested in this uh, will we'll, uh, pick up a copy of the book. It's Mosaica Press. I think uh, you, you can find it on their website. It's on Amazon. Um, and uh, it's for our stores and um, something I do want to point out as well, besides for what we've mentioned, all the going goes through all the masoids, which we're not going to do when it goes through. There's uh, what happened in the accounts, etc. The, the appendix. So I already mentioned Appendix D. There's four. Appendix C talks about the southern border of Canaan, which we won't uh, discuss. Then I'm working backwards. Appendix B is the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Testimony. So you go into to, to that. But I think Appendix A is interesting maybe to point out where you discuss mapping out the Hebrew letters for the word exile. I think uh, as, as you as you term the, the name of the um, the chapter, perhaps you want the word uh, exile being gullus. So maybe you want to talk about that appendix a little bit. Obviously, the it, this is going to be easier if you have a copy of the book with the pictures, but I want to just talk about it a little. Yes. Um, yes, as we mentioned before, um, what, it, what it seems to be that um, uh, the the actual period of the Golos uh, after the Chet of the Maraglim um, spanned four phases. There were four dis uh, distinct phases. And after going through each of the phases and each of the locations, um, I looked at the map uh, of the various and I came across a most remarkable observation that one after the other, in the order, five, the first five encampments following the Chet of the Muratim, um seemed to map out uh, the, the letter, the form of a letter, the Hebrew letter. So that was interesting. I mean, it's five letters, one after the other, to produce something which looks a bit like a Hebrew letter, letter Gimel. Okay. Fine. And then I continued looking at the, the next five locations, and they also seemed to map out an, a different letter of the Hebrew language. Uh, Lamed, 
And I just continued to the next five, and the next five seemed to map out the letter Vol. And finally, the last five map out the letter Sof. Now, putting those letters together is Kimul Lamud Vol, so it's Golos. So it seems to be that that the Claudius were actually went mapped out through the four phases of Golas, the actual letters of Golas, Gimul Lamad Vov Sof, which is actually also fascinating because in the Sinai book, although I didn't know at the time, only after I looked back at this uh, at these letters which came out from the from the Masoyas, the Membase Masoyas, but if you look at the the, the way and uh, the journeys of Kalyasrov from its Rhyme to Har Sinai, it actually maps out another letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and that is Lamud. And since they went to learn the Torah, so Lamud is quite uh, is quite applicable. So the journey from Mitzrayim to Har Sinai was the letter Lamud, and the journeys in the period of Golas they mapped out the letter. Uh, Gimbal Lamad Vofsov, which is Golas. Now, for that to be coincidence is pretty, pretty um, incredible. Wow, very interesting. So I will uh, put the link to the to the book in the uh, show's notes where people can find it and order it if they are interested. Uh, one final thing I'll ask you is that you did to so now have two, there's two books that you've uh, published on chronological, on history, the the, the missing years and the Pharaoh book. And now there's two books on uh Geography and, and and that kind of history you published with the searching for for Sinai and desert encampments. Do you have another project, another book that you're working on? And if so, what is that? Um, yes, I am actually. Um, um, I've been drawn into um, to um, reconciliation of the science with the Torah with regard to uh, the age of the universe, uh, to regard to dinosaurs, uh, to Gan Eden. Um, uh, and that's Mitzvah Shem. Hopefully, should be should be uh, finished soon. Okay, it sounds good. We're looking forward. So, thank you, thank you very much for joining me once again. Uh, thank you very much.